0: Eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. We praise your name for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. And we also thank you for giving us the opportunity to fellowship with you. We ask, Lord, that you fulfill your promise in our lives now. Your word has said that those who hunger and test for righteousness will be blessed and will be filled. Lord, we come with our souls now, hungry and thirsting for righteousness. Please, Lord, feel us now. We ask, Lord, that you will speak to us words that are spirit and a life that will strengthen us and edify us. That as we walk on our pilgrim journey, we shall be strengthened and this word shall be bread to us. Lord, grant to us of your spirit and put your words in my mouth for the blessing of your children. For the sake of the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary and for the ministry of the holy angels and for our Lord in heaven, please, Lord, let this time that we spend in this devotion be a sacred moment to lift us up to heavenly places and to help us to perfect our characters. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, June 4 Preparing to lead When there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb out of the flock I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth and when he arose against me I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 34 and 35 David was growing in favor with God and man. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he now set his heart more fully to do the will of God than ever before. He had new themes for thought. He had been in the court of the king and had seen the responsibilities of royalty. He had discovered some of the temptations that beset the soul of Saul and had penetrated some of the mysteries in the character and dealings of Israel's first king. He had seen the glory of royalty shadowed with a dark cloud of sorrow, and he knew that the household of Saul, in their private life, were far from happy. All these things served to bring troubled thoughts to him who had been anointed to be king over Israel. But while he was absorbed in deep meditation, and harassed by thoughts of anxiety, he turned to his harp and called forth strains that elevated his mind to the author of every good, and the dark clouds that seemed to shadow the horizon of the future were dispelled. God was teaching David lessons of trust. As Moses was trained for his work, so the Lord was fitting the son of Jesse, To become the guide of his chosen people. In his watch care for his flocks, he was gaining an appreciation of the care that the great shepherd has for the sheep of his pasture. The lonely hills and the wild ravines where David wandered with his flocks were the lurking place of beasts of prey. Not infrequently, the lion from the thickets by the Jordan, or the bear from his lair among the hills, came fierce with hunger to attack the flocks. According to the customs of his time, David was armed only with his sling and shepherd's staff, yet he early gave proof of his strength and courage in protecting his charge. His experience in these matters proved the heart of David and developed in him courage and fortitude and faith, Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Preparing to Lead. God chose David, the son of Jesse, who was the son of Obed, the son of Boaz and Ruth, to be the next man that will be the king of Israel. The qualifications for this job was self-distrust and confidence in God, humility and a heart that can be molded by God. That is all the Lord needed, one who he can trust and whom he can teach his ways and David had long before now proven that he had those qualities, that he could trust God's ways and he was one who could learn the way of the Lord and had no trust in himself but had implicit trust and faith in God. Having chosen him for this work, God set out to use him for a purpose. But let us look today at what the things were that prepared David for this work. David before he was chosen had had some experiences which the Lord used as an indication to train him for being the next king it is in the little duties of life that we prepare ourselves for greater responsibilities and after he was chosen the lord still took him through a little training a little more important training for him to be ready for this work so let us look at the word, the, the things that prepared david for this work reading firstly from 1st samuel chapter 16 verse 11 it says and samuel said unto jesse Are here all thy children And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he come hither. So here Jesse said, Behold, he keepeth the sheep. This work of keeping the sheep is a work that the Lord gave to David to train him for the work of being king. Just as we read in the devotion, In Conflict and Courage, page 161, paragraph 3, it says, God was teaching David lessons of trust. But where was he teaching him this lesson? In the work of being a shepherd. There were many lessons that David learned from being a shepherd which developed in him that lesson of trust. One of the lessons was just merely caring for this tender sheep. In caring tenderly for the sheep like Moses, David had learned many lessons, lessons of faith in God and trusting in his power to save. He learned to regard the life of his beast and anyone who regards the life of his beast will also learn to guard those under his care. David had learned the lesson of taking responsibility for things under your charge. This is a lesson that not many people have learned. How to take responsibility for things that are placed under their care. This sheep was placed under David's care, and David diligently looked after them, and in diligently looking after the sheep, it was preparing him for diligently looking after the children of Israel. In the Song of David in Psalms 23, he expresses the same responsibilities that he himself had performed for his flock, and saw through this experience how the Lord was doing the same thing for him. In making comparisons, he saw with what care the Lord had led him and learned to reciprocate the same care on the dumb beasts under his care. This shepherd walk was a fitting training for the leader in Israel. He said in Psalms 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David then knew that his own sheep, being under his care, should not have any lack. Reading on, he says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. As David was looking and contemplating, meditating on the way the Lord led him in the wilderness as he was taking care of this sheep. He realized that the Lord took care of his needs and he saw his own responsibility towards his sheep in taking them to, to green pastures to provide the right kind of food for them. Not any pasture that is not green, but he led them through green pastures and beside still waters. If a sheep goes to the waters that are not still, that is they've been moved to flowing waters the turbulence of the waters can take them away and they'll be swept away by the water. That is why he said the Lord leads me through still waters and he learns the lesson of leading his sheep through still waters also and then he says he restoreth my soul. It is through the giving of the green pastures and the still waters that the soul is restored. It is a very important thing for us to have responsibility. Some people shun responsibility that is placed under them. When we learn to take responsibilities and do the responsibility faithfully, put ourselves to the task and do a work so that we can be trusted, then the Lord can give us greater responsibilities. David now says, He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. You know we can dissect this psalms so much and get so many lessons but one thing we can tell here when david says that the lord leads him to the valley of shadow of death and he fears no evil he had experiences just as a shepherd boy not just as a king now but as a shepherd boy he had experiences already that proved to him that the lord indeed will protect him when he goes through the valley of the shadow of death he had experiences that made him say I shall fear no evil. One of these experiences he related to King Saul when he was giving Saul the reason why he was confident that he can conquer Goliath, and he told Saul the reason. And his reason was not because he had strength, or because he had he had been gymming and had some muscle and six packs. What was David's reason? Let us read it now in the Book of First Samuel, chapter seventeen, reading from verse thirty-three. It says. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Blew thy servants, slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. So, David related to Saul an experience he had as a shepherd, as the reason why he was qualified and was confident that he could conquer Goliath. This experience of slaying a lion and a bear was the means by which the Lord developed faith in David. One of the means, at least. He leaned on this experience as evidence of the fruit of faith in God. It did not develop in David self-confidence, but confidence in God. David could have come out of this experience trusting in his strength and his own abilities. Had he done this, he would be making the same error that Saul made, which worked his ruin but he came out of the experience with evidence of the benefits of trusting God when the Lord gives us signal victories let us let us depend on the experience as a means to have faith in God david did not say hmm i conquered the lion and the bear i have a lot of power he did not take the lion's head to go and show everybody and show them how much of a mighty warrior he is. We don't hear of David hanging the head of the bear in his house and developing in himself some pride and saying, Oh, I conquered the bear and I conquered the lion. David understood that had it not been for God, he would not have been able to destroy that lion and that bear. And this was a very wonderful and important experience for David because now he knew, like he said, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, not because he has strength, but he says, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. These experiences and much more as he was doing the work of a shepherd was preparing David to lead the children of Israel. And this alone as a shepherd was a good qualification for David. Also, the Lord led him To Saul's palace. It was not enough for David to just have had that shepherd training. David needed more than the training he received as a shepherd. The Lord, in His providence, brought him close to royalty and he saw what what it was like to live with the king, just like we read in the devotion. He had been in the courts of the king and had seen the responsibilities of royalty. He had discovered some of the temptations that beset the soul of Saul and had penetrated some of the mysteries in the character and dealings of Israel's first king. He had seen the glory of royalty shadowed with a dark cloud of sorrow and he knew that the household of Saul in their private life were far from happy. End of quote. Now at this time, David already was anointed to be king, the next king. And as he's looking at what is going on in Saul's house, he's wondering, is this what my life is going to be like? But then he will trust in God and play his harp and comfort himself and know that the Lord can lead me. He saw the mistakes that Saul was making. He saw the mistakes that was being made by his children also and by everybody that Saul surrounded himself with. And he was learning the lessons of things that he should not do. And he was also learning the lessons of the things that he should do. This was the lessons and the training that was preparing David to lead. So what is there for us to gain from this story? We may be wondering what God has planned for us. Wherever you are, Do your work with an eye single to the glory of God. Do not despise the work that the Lord has placed in your hand. Reading from Ministry of Healing, page 479, it says, Many are unable to make definite plans for the future. Their life is unsettled. They cannot discern the outcome of affairs and this often fills them with anxiety and unrest. Let us remember that the life of God's children in this world is a pilgrim life. We have not the wisdom to plan our own lives. It is not for us to shape our future. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Hebrews eleven verse eight. Christ in His life on earth made no plans for Himself. He accepted God's plans for Him, and day by day, the Father unfolded His plans. So should we depend upon God, that our lives may be the simple outworking of His will. As we commit our ways to Him, He will direct our steps. Too many. In planning for a brilliant future, make an utter failure. Let God plan for you. As a little child, trust to the guidance of Him who will keep the feet of His saints. 1 Samuel 2 verse 9 God never leads his children otherwise than they would choose to be led. If they could see the end from the beginning and discern the glory of the purpose which they are fulfilling as co-workers with him. So here God is telling us, just as it was for David, he was not planning to be king. He was content with being a shepherd, but the Lord called him to a greater responsibility. So it will be for us. Don't plan for yourself one mighty future. Just do the work the Lord has given you to do. And the Lord will see whether you are qualified for greater responsibilities. Reading from Messages to Young People, page 144 down to 145, we are told, If we desire to be perfect, even as our Father in heaven is perfect, we must be faithful in doing little things. That which is worth doing at all is worth doing well. Whatever your work may be. Like it was for David. He was a shepherd. How many of us want to do such a lowly work? He was a ruddy boy. His elder brothers were not interested in that work. They wanted to be soldiers for King Saul. But David was doing the shepherd work. They put themselves, his elder brothers, put themselves to be soldiers for King Saul. David was doing the shepherd work. The Lord selected that shepherd to do the great work. While those who were soldiers for King Saul, not one of them was selected to be the king. Whatever your work may be, do it faithfully. I'm continuing the reading now. It says, Speak the truth in regards to the smallest matters. Each day, do loving deeds and speak cheerful words. Scatter smiles along the pathway of life. As you work in this way, God will place his approval on you. And Christ will one day say to you, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. At the judgment, Those who have been faithful in their everyday life, who have been quick to see their work and do it, not thinking of praise or profit, will hear the words, Come ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God does not commend them for the eloquent orations they have made, the intellectual power they have displayed, or the liberal donations they have given it is for doing little things which are generally overlooked that they are rewarded. I was unhungered and you gave me meat, he says, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me," end of quote. Are you getting the message, faithfulness in little duties? That was what prepared Moses for his work. It was what prepared Joshua for his work. It was what prepared Joseph for his work. It was what prepared David for his work. Look at the lesson the Lord is teaching us in his word. He doesn't usually select people who want to elbow themselves into recognition, who have very lofty, ambitions and has this high estimation of themselves you know when you have a high estimation of yourself you'll be looking at small jobs and say no this one is too small for me this one is too little for me I'm aspiring to greater things and when you have those kind of aspirations, maybe not wrong, but if your aspirations for greater things is dependent on your own self-worth, and you think I am this, I am that, I have this intelligence, or I am a good orator, I'm eloquent in oration, I have intellectual power, I'm, I have tutu, I have a first class, I have the uh, masters and all of that, and you think that that's what qualifies you for your work or for doing work for God, God will neglect you and pass you by and go to those who have a low estimation of themselves, performing those little duties that you are neglecting. There are some people who look at some work, though they are noble works, but they look at it as beneath them. How can I be like this? And they look at the salary and say, this money, I got first class, how can I be earning so-so amount? And some of them, they are just in their houses doing nothing, while they are waiting for big jobs. They are doing nothing, they are any zero. they would rather take nothing than go and do a job that will give them a small amount of money. Why? Because they are looking at money before they perform duties, but we just read now that Christ does not commend people for eloquent orations that people who are going to be selected by God are those who do a work who see a work to be done and they are quick to see it, and they do it not thinking of praise or profit. Those are the people that God will select for his work reading again from messages to young people page 148 it says god addresses you young men be faithful put heart into your work imitate none who are slothful and who give divided service actions often repeated form habits habits form character patiently perform the little duties of life So long as you undervalue the importance of faithfulness in the little duties, your character building will be unsatisfactory. In the sight of omnipotence, every duty is important. The Lord has said, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. In the life of a true Christian, there are no non-essentials. Many who claim to be Christians are working at cross purposes with God. Many are waiting for some great work to be brought to them. Daily they lose opportunities for showing their faithfulness to God. Daily they fail of discharging with wholeheartedness their little duties of life, which seem to them uninteresting. While waiting for some great work, in which they may exercise their supposedly great talents and thus satisfy their ambitious longings, their life passes away. My dear young friends, do the work that lies nearest at hand. Turn your attention to some humble line of effort within your reach. Put mind and heart into the doing of this work. Force your thoughts to act intelligently on the things that you can do at home. Thus, you will be fitting yourself for greater usefulness. Remember that of King Hezekiah it is written, In every work that he began he did it with all his heart and prospered end of quote wonderful important lessons for any youth for those who are older now you may be hearing these things and don't don't be filled with regret it's never too late to begin anything but happy are you oh young lady young man who are who is hearing these things now don't make the mistake others have made in neglecting little duties and feeling that they are too big for certain jobs. Perhaps you've graduated from school and you're feeling, I cannot be a shepherd. But it was being a shepherd that Moses, David, was prepared for a greater work. It is in just pouring water water on the hands of Elish, Elijah, Elisha was doing the work that we say is a servant's work, That was what he was doing, just bringing water for Elijah to wash his hands. He was doing a servant's job. That was what trained him for greater responsibilities do not have such a high opinion of yourself that when god brings to you humble duties to perform works like some people despise the work of teaching young children they despise the work of training the teenagers they feel i'm bigger than this i graduated with this i graduated with that i did not graduate so that i can come and be teaching in a school And some despise other menial labors here and there. People despise the work of learning some skill, feeling that it is beneath them. Not just that they are thinking that I have the inability, I wish I could do it but I can't because I see that the ability is not in me. That's not their reason. Some look at these jobs as beneath them and that is the reason God will pass them by and will not allow them to work for him. If you have such self-important ideas of yourself, then sometimes you will just be in your house, unfortunately, for you, rotting, rotting away, doing nothing while waiting for big jobs. Many have made that mistake when so small jobs come their way they will say i can 't take this job it's too small for me." They keep applying here and there they don 't want to be the shepherd boy, they want to be like Eliab and Shama they want to be King Saul 's soldiers because Eliab and Shama and they went they went to King Saul to be to be soldiers for King Saul. David continued his shepherd job. He didn't have such self-important ideas of himself. He trusted the Lord and continued to do the work that lay nearest. It was a work that needed to be done. If everybody goes to fight working, so who will take care of the sheep? David, for himself, just continued to do that lowly job in taking care of the sheep. And there are people to do who are neglecting the lowly jobs while they are elbowing themselves into recognition, trying to do a great work. But the Lord will not bring those great works near them as far as it is one that he has that has to do with his work he will he will pass such people by because he cannot trust them they have not proved themselves to be faithful in little duties I also want to read from again ministry of healing page 479 it's paragraph three and down what it says when Christ called his disciples to follow him He offered them no flattering prospects in this life. He gave them no promise of gain or worldly honor, nor did they make any stipulation as as to what they should receive. To Matthew, as he sat at the receipt of custom, the Savior said, Follow me, and he left all, rose up and followed him. Luke 5:27 and 28 Matthew did not before rendering service wait to demand a certain salary equal to the amount in his former occupation without question or hesitation he followed jesus it was enough for him that he was to be with his with the savior that he might and unite hear his words and unite with him in his work so it was with the disciples previously called when jesus bade peter and his companions follow him immediately they left their boats and nets some of these disciples had friends dependent on them for support but when they received the savior's invitation they did not hesitate and inquire, How shall I live and sustain my family? They were obedient to the call. And when, afterward, Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, Lacked you anything? They could answer, Nothing. Luke 22 verse 35 Today, the Savior calls us, as he called Matthew and John and Peter, and I will add, as he called David, to his work. If our hearts are touched by his love, The question of compensation will not be uppermost in our minds. We shall rejoice to be co-workers with Christ and we shall not fear to trust his care. If we make God our strength, we shall have clear perceptions of duty, unselfish aspirations. Our life will be actuated by a noble purpose which will raise us above sordid motives. Brothers and sisters, We are coming to the end of this devotion and I pray that these lessons we have learned so far shall be indeed bread to our hungry souls. The lesson for us here is that if we want the Lord to prepare us to lead, then we must be faithful in little things. Do the work that lies nearest as far as the work that must be done. Let the work of compensation and salary not be uppermost on your mind, but rather let the necessity of the work that lies before you be what is your true motivation and do the work as unto god with a single mind unto god also when doing it have confidence in god and not confidence in self perform the works that come before you sometimes we meet challenges like david met the challenge of the bear and the lion these challenges, when we surmount them, it helps us to develop faith in God. But there's a danger that it will also develop confidence in self. Be careful. When you surmount obstacles, give the glory to God and let that be a means by which you would be, develop and build your faith. Let it be a foundation, let it be a building block of your faith that you will stand on that block and say, I remember that day that the Lord delivered me in this task or that task. And I trust the Lord now that he will help me in the task that he is placing before me. And remember to distrust yourself. Remember to do the work that lies nearest. Don't have self-important ideas of yourself feeling that there are some works that are beneath you that you will not perform them and you are looking for something great. And some people, while looking for something great, they are waiting and rotting away in their houses or somewhere else while waiting for those big jobs. And the reason is maybe they are looking for the one to do that is big because big jobs bring self exaltation big jobs bring sometimes big salary for some people it's not really about the money but it's about the praise they want to do a big work a great work because of praise that comes from it is great they don't want to do the small works that nobody will notice them they are concerned about themselves so they want to do something great so that people will know them they'll be popular and then people will praise them and others want to do something great because of the money This is not the kind of people that God will use. If you want God to use you, don't let compensation be on your mind. Don't let self-exaltation and glory and praise be on your mind. Just do the work that lies nearest. For the sake of the Master, do it and the Lord will bless you. In that way, you are preparing yourself to lead. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, please, these words that have been spoken, I pray that you would help that it will enter into the minds of your children in every way that will apply to them, in the various ways that it will minister to them. And I pray for all of us that you would prepare us to lead in whatever facet you want us to lead, in whatever area of life. Help us, Lord, to divest ourselves of our self-important ideas of our own abilities, but to do the work that lies nearest, however humble it is, and to also have faith and trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. For I have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen.